Welcome everyone to Connections with Kylan podcast, where we discuss how we are all connected to each other, how we're connected to the things we're most passionate about, and the connections we're looking to make in the future, so that way we can help make the world a better place for everyone. Uh, I am joined today with an actor who you may know from Liv and Maddie on Disney, as well as Playing With Fire by Paramount Studios and writer, singer, as well as a teacher. I'm very excited to introduce you to the one and only Shelby Wolfert. And most of these things I just listed out, I actually just learned myself moments ago because we are meeting pretty much now. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Great to meet you as well. <laughs> I realized you asked me my last name and I don't know yours. My last name is Young. I'm Kylie oh, Young. Oh, okay, great. Nice, We're at the back of the alphabet. Nice, nice to meet you. So, so great to meet you. So great to meet you. Wow. So, this is a little bit new, a little bit different. It just kind of worked out that the timing was good for you that you like i know we basically met through mutual friend craig yes love and craig. yeah he's all right he's all right now he's he's amazing obviously um and the time he's like hey are we able to uh you were able to to meet with us and i just was he's like we got to take this opportunity so that's now we're here just and i'm very excited exactly meant to be yeah. and just very excited to learn more about you so obviously you have these amazing credits that we talked about in the intro and your start into acting. And I, and I know that I wanted to, uh, I know right now there's a lot of conversations around like the term itself, some like actress versus actor and, and uh, what's, where, where do you stand with, with this term? I What's appropriate? Uh, as appropriate, I don't have a preference. I guess if I chose a preference, it would be actor. I just think that that's already a gender neutral title and it can be an umbrella term for everyone. But I personally don't mind also being referred to as actress. Okay. Well, no, that's good to know. Uh, I know I recently learned, because um, I work with an organization, that cowboy is a, a gender-neutral term now as well. Apparently. Oh, I did so, not know that. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Like You can say cowgirl or cowboy, but or cowpoke is like an, the OG like gender-neutral okay, term. Okay, cool. Or for uh, they, them, cowpoke. But yeah, cowboy is now gender-neutral as well. So That's great news. We're learning... Learning all the words just to, I mean, I think it doesn't hurt to make people feel comfortable and, oh, and accepted and welcome. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I think it's super important. Language is a really important part of connection and communication, right? And and if people want to be referred to with certain words and not certain words, then I think we should all respect that. Yeah, I love that. Great place to start is just in compassion and kindness, yeah. acceptance. Uh, Great start already. Where are we, where are we connected? We're yeah. bonding on just being a decent person. I don't know. That's what I consider it. Um, no. So, okay. So acting. Your origin story into that world, entertainment, like, you know, I'm, we're both in entertainment, but in very different very ways. Different, you're yeah. in it in like a real, actual, talented, skilled I way. I so. don't think I would say that. I think you're discrediting what you do. What you do is definitely <laughs> real. I mean, it's in the title, reality. Well, you know, all right. Fair point. But right now. <laughs> I'll go on to you. So how did you, what's your origin story in this world? Um, and actually, you know what, let's go back even further. Where are you from? I'm from Northern California. I was born in Redwood City in the Bay Area. Okay. And then when I was seven, we moved to a small town called Placerville, which is between Sacramento, South Lake Tahoe, up in the foothills. Oh, the middle of the state. Um, best right? known for, it was the center of the gold rush in the 1800s. Okay. Did you find any gold? Uh, you know, we went like on field trips, gold panning and stuff. So I think I must have. Oh, we kept it. I mean, hopefully somewhere stashed. No, you mostly found pyrite fool's gold. Got it. In the river. Okay. I think but it was I do so remember that. pretty because 
um, where I'm from, the American River has pyrite just going through it. So actually, the water is sparkly with, with oh, pyrite. It's really pretty. That's pretty cool. That's Plas Placerville. Placerville, yeah. Placerville. Okay. No, I mean I'm so I'm from a small town called Victorville. So I you know, know where, where Victorville is. You know, yeah, San Bernardino When County. I first moved to Los Angeles. I, uh, well, to Los Angeles, I actually lived in Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. It was the only place I knew of someone course, Rancho who had a house I could I know. What a place, right? Yes. I, I always think of, uh, do you ever see, there's a movie called Next Friday. It was like a sequel to Friday. Oh, I haven't seen that. It is. Um, it's like a, a, a classic uh, old school, like, um, I was like, not 90s, I think probably maybe 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, like uh, with Ice Cube. Okay. And, and uh, well, the first one, Ice Cube and Christopher Rock. And anyway, Chris Tucker. Sorry, I'm going back here, but it's uh, okay. next Friday. That's why I always think of Ranch Cucamonga is like the fancy town where he he moves kind of with his uncle. And his uncle's like, yo, I'm the king around here, Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> That's the first thing I See, think. See, I always think workaholics. Okay, I, I have not watched Workaholics. Oh, which is I, the opposite. I've like heard they're like very much. Just I know it. The office no. and <laughs> I know it. Yeah. I've seen I've seen some of them in other stuff, and I love them. And like I've seen one of my favorite memes is from Workaholics. So I'm I'm all. They're I know great. Them. I love yes. those actors. I will um, watch it. Yeah, but I I quickly moved out of Ranch Cucamonga. I lived over there for yeah. about a year, and then moved into you know the valley, the city. Of course. Okay, and moved in. Uh, to pursue acting, you had already started. I had already started. Um, so I guess going back to my childhood, um, I was really, really shy as a okay. little kid. Um, but I had all of these feelings that I didn't understand and couldn't communicate, not only to myself, but to anybody else I knew. Oh. Um, and when I was around 11, I met this incredible woman who I referred to as my fairy godmother. I, she okay. sort of is a fairy godmother of a human. Her name is Jolinda Crocker, and she taught voice lessons. And oh she has this just really warm, comforting energy, and I was so shy, but she was like, do you want to take voice lessons? We were like at the county fair, and I was like, yeah, I do. I was like, when I got my mom, I was like, mom, I want to take voice lessons with this lady. She's like, why do you want to take voice lessons? And I was like, because I want to do musical theater. And my mom had never heard me ever say that. It was this deep, deep secret that I kept hidden in the bottom of my heart that I never felt I would actually be brave enough to do. So after that, I, I took the leap. I, I started doing singing lessons and auditioning for local theaters, and I started doing musical theater first. Um, from there, I, I found out I was actually I had a knack for it. I was pretty good at it. So I started getting cast in bigger roles and having more responsibility on the stage um, and from there they had an opportunity at my local community theater to audition for um, com a commercial okay and so I went and I auditioned and I booked what the was commercial. It? it was for top ramen yakisoba yes love it yeah um, so I did that that was my first on-camera work I did and from there, I got. Um, do you remember what you wait? What was the like? What do you remember what you did? Oh, I do. I had my hair in little pigtails. Yes. And How old? I was, I was fourteen or I was fifteen when we filmed it, but I looked like twelve years I'm old. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look um, fifteen now, so that makes sense. Oh, thank you. I think um, I'm always confused about comments like that, to be honest. But All right, thank let me not you, say fifteen. You look twenty-two. Thanks. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, 
But, uh, yeah, I was like, I like, which is funny. I'm, I'm a vegetarian and I was then, so I actually didn't eat the product. Okay. Because it had meat in it. Um, it's like the broth or the, that has the meat in it. Yeah. Right? Like the little packet or whatever. Yeah. And like, I take a big scoop and I go, that's a yakisoba. Except for like, you know, big smile across the face. We got it. We got it. Um, and then, yeah, a couple years later, it started coming out on like Food Network and stuff. And people would come to school and be like, are you on the Food Network? And I was like, yeah, I am. My commercial is. <laughs> it was kind of a little embarrassing. But also, I was proud. Like, that's cool. No one else in my high school had done a TV commercial. Oh, I, I, mean, I just like literally just learned this term. It was like uh, that. I feel, especially during that time, would have been the uh, finger snap famous. It's just like, oh, like you, you are. Um, I saw you. I know you. In <laughs> I don't know about that. that. I feel like that would have been it because everyone's in the Food Network thing, and then same thing like connected with yeah. your childhood now because then you went into from there. So from sorry. there, yeah, no, from there, I I thought that I was going to pursue musical theater. I was accepted to go to Oklahoma City University and study there. Um, but my senior year of high school, I just really felt it was wrong. My intuition was okay. crying out to me like, don't go, don't go, don't go. Yeah. So I deferred and I have really, really supportive parents. Okay. Um, so I deferred for a year and by the end of six months, I actually talked to my on-camera acting teacher, Cody Dorkin, um, and I was like, I don't even know if acting's what I want to do. You know, one of those like 17 year old existential crises. <laughs> and uh, he was like, well, I think you should move to LA and be an on-camera actor. Uh, because you're saying you don't know if you want to be an actor, but you're still coming to class every week and putting up great performances. And I still see your passion for it. So he was able to see beyond what I was, the confusion and inner conflict I was feeling. So as soon as I turned 18, I moved here. Oh wow! Oh, right. Yeah. 18, you're just like, I um, I turned 18 in November and I moved here in January. Okay, and, and no I, work when you like no, no work ahead of time. You're just no like, I'm gonna parenting. go find. Somebody. Oh no, I did. Okay. I did work ahead of time. I got okay. I got a commercial agent before I moved here. Okay. Yeah, so I would come down for meetings. Being in California, it was easier. Mm. Um, my mom would come with me, which was so nice of her. Flying, driving? Uh, driving. Okay, oh, how long was that? Uh, it's a six-hour drive. Oh, wow. Now so it we, feels like nothing, though. Yeah. Wait, when for I drive. auditions, you were driving? Oh, for, no, just to for... meet, come meet agents. But we'd only come maybe once a month for those. Okay, I mean, okay, that's amazing that your mom was... Oh, she's like six hours really phenomenal each way. Do you have a really cool mom? <laughs> I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Moms are I the do. Best. They, they are. Uh, my dad is also super supportive, but he Sorry. had like a job, Very different. so yeah, yeah. yeah, he couldn't um, come help out with those things. But my mom always, always did. She was really cool. So got a commercial agent, moved out here. I was living in Rancho Cucamonga, so if I got an audition, I was driving about two hours into the city to go to those. A lot of commitment working as a hostess yeah. in a restaurant classic okay and I booked a commercial that year good restaurant bad restaurant good restaurant I worked at Isla Marada Isla Marada fish company in the Bass Pro Shop oh okay yeah in which Bass Pro Shop I'm in Rancho Cucamonga got it okay isn't there yep. only one the, over there yeah yeah that is the one you're right yeah, yeah. it's big Victoria Gardens. Yes, of course. Um, yes, everyone who worked Victoria there Gardens. was like so nice. Uh, I had a really good restaurant experience. So nice. I know other friends, other restaurants haven't had that, I but know. I had really cool people working there. Um, so yeah, and then after that, 
I moved to Simi Valley. I was living with this really big family. Uh, I moved around with different families because I didn't really have okay. money to get my own place. Um, I lived with this really sweet family, the Guido family. Um, and while I was living with them, I booked Live and Maddie on Disney Channel. Okay, Live and Maddie. Um, so what was that like? Like for how many? I guess first off, you have already set yourself apart from so many people. I mean, considering you didn't just move out here, but you also started being a working actor. And I think that at any time somebody's able to do that at any level in a real way, like that is in the literal sense outstanding and amazing. I just want to acknowledge and commend you for that because, you know, taking that that step, even you had the support of parents, you had these teachers believing you, of course, but you went ahead and made made that step and I think that's really really special and really uh, uh, courageous of you to, to go out and do that um, and commendable as well to put in the work so I'd love to know I think so many people are pursuing entertainment are pursuing like to, to be an actor working what was that work process like from you know the first audition in LA to living Maddie live in Maddie excuse me um, from the first audition in LA to live in Maddie like what was the, how many auditions, how many, uh, you know, classes, what was that in between time like? Yeah, well, after I booked the initial commercial in Northern mm -hmm. California, I did get a uh, an agent in Sacramento, so I was actually also driving to San Francisco to go to auditions <laughs> for things and stuff while how, I was how in high there? school. Yeah. Uh, maybe once a month I would okay. get auditions to, but it was cool, I got to like, ditch school go to go to an audition in the city my mom, my mom and I would always get a good dinner and stuff before we drove back so how long was that drive? kept it really positive two hours okay so two hours San Francisco, my six mom hours LA. really helped me set a really yeah. positive tone of even getting an audition is a big deal nice and even getting <laughs> an audition is getting to express yourself creatively which is super important because now when you get a lot of different auditions and you're not hearing not hearing you can get discouraged mm -hmm. but but connecting to that idea of all of these opportunities are special and yeah. an opportunity to be creative and do what you love which is acting oh, wow. that makes it way more easy to deal with rejection in my yeah. in my experience well because the win is the audition like the win is like hey like i just and honestly you could even say the win is the effort to try and get the audition even and to put in the work and to continue so that's amazing. and feeling good it. about an audition i had yes. so the process in between was a lot of hits and misses of going to an audition and leaving and feeling like confused about what did i even do in that room i think that sometimes you go in and you're so anxious that you're like go in do the thing and you leave and you're like i've forgotten everything that just occurred um so being able to be more present so a lot of it was a learning curve for me after I'd done a few, I understood, okay, I don't have success if I go in and I give in to my anxiety and fears. Yeah. If I stay present and I actually focus on building a connection with this person who wants me to be the right person for the job. They want everyone who them. walks yeah. in okay. to be the right person. Right, boom, job done. Yeah. Um, realizing we're actually on a team rather than like I'm asking for something from them. I probably had in between, before I booked Live in Maddie, probably about 30 auditions that okay. nothing, okay. maybe callbacks, but then yeah. nothing from, right? Oh, wow. I mean, so give to give one uh, piece of context, where I'm asking from, where I want to highlight and acknowledge that is because 
I am not an actor. I haven't had uh, really an interest in being an actor. And so, but I did have a weird acting experience way back when um, that Craig had mentioned at another right. point. It was what just happened? I, so I was uh, graduated college. I was working with a marketing agency. Uh, really fun, amazing job. Loved it. We were doing like cool sunset events. It's called, it's called Be Core. They're so cool. That uh, and you know sunset events like Red Bull and Nike. These mm. guys like crazy fun stuff and like some social media. They always have too. great marketing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when Felix Baumgartner jumped from outer space. So I was like, oh, that I was like, remember that? That's I was coming memorable. into them off of that. So like it was a crazy awesome time, um, and getting lots of experience in in marketing. And that was what I studied. And then my uh, one of my friends brought me out. He's like, hey, you know, I want to start this company. And so I went on with him to set in addition to the job. And that job, the office, just amazing people. They let us, like, use the office space for, like, our other stuff. Um, and what ended up happening is we started picking up some traction because I was uh, speaking at we, I, this, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go speak at WeWork. We, we were creating a company to help small businesses cut their mm -hmm. costs. And I was like, I'm going to speak at WeWork. There's lots of small businesses there. Yeah. And the first one I was at, one of, like, the event coordinator for California was there. And she was just like, hey, that was a super beneficial, like, talk for our small businesses that are here. We always do these events. Um, can I have you speak at all of them? And I was like. I mean, definitely, that would be awesome. awesome to get more exposure to small businesses to build my company that I was working yeah. on. And uh, so we ended up, I ended up going to, to give like basically the same sort of talk. And one day some guy pulls me aside, uh, I think it was in Orange County or something, and he's just like, hey, uh, you're doing acting. And I was like, no, like, like that's not, I, you know, I, I live in LA, like I know actors, but like that's not my thing, not my interest. And he's like, well, we have this this class um, that we do, and uh, there's a showcase that we introduce you to agents and everything. And um, you know, it, it, I was like, I, I'm not gonna pay for some acting. I, I, this is my interest. Like, oh no no, we're gonna sponsor you for this thing. And like, I was like, you know what? It doesn't hurt. He's like, it doesn't hurt to to just learn uh, to learn new skills that you can apply to something else. So I went through. I forget how many weeks it was, but it was like this whole acting class. They came in. They did headshots. So like I headshots out of it, and I did. Uh, I learned about self tapes. I learned. I learned a lot of different aspects of the work of the industry, and That's it was like great. I grew a respect for the industry that I just that I, uh, that now even um, it was. I ended up getting like signed and went out to like some auditions, but I just was so invested in what I was doing with my company, and then also my day job, and then also volunteer and other things I was doing so like I wasn't always as available as, as I know you have to be yeah um so but I just learned and that was what I I remember telling so I got off this show the reality show and they're like hey you know agents are reaching out do you have any interest in this and I was like honestly I know how much work that is and that I have such a respect for it that I'm like I'm probably not your guy like if you guys want to hand me something whatever but like <laughs> I know how much work goes into that so that's my long version of just saying like where my respect for it came from as a craft so that's why like i love to pull up the attention to all the work that you did to get that opportunity that you did because that's such an amazing opportunity and i just want to like i said acknowledge and commend that and uh and definitely now hear about what that was like yeah they, they say you know it's it's like an iceberg the majority <laughs> of the iceberg is underwater and you actually don't see it and that's yeah. what i think acting is like the majority of the work you don't see it's not actors just the stuff working on, the screen. on it. Yeah, <laughs> you see that 
that nice 10% of when they are on screen, when they are on stage and have those successes. So there was a lot of hard work and, and a lot of rejection. And I would be lying if I said there was never any self-doubt. Of course, there's going to be self-doubt. It's just, do you have that grit to persevere through the self-doubt? And do you have that strong enough curiosity and passion about what you're doing to not care if anyone else sees that you have it? And so like for you, where would you say the grit comes from? Hmm. I think, I don't know where my grit comes from. It's just, I think I'm gifted with it. Okay. I. I've never been one to really give up on things once I have it in my mind. Um, I grew up, where I grew up was, I mean, we had chickens and goats and we had to wake up and collect the eggs and milk the goats and feed the horses and stuff like that. Yeah, but we didn't make money off of it. It was like, we just kind of, we used all of the products for ourselves. Um, yeah, I know it's a weird, it's a weird way to grow up, but it was really special. And I think that was part of it. Just also knowing that, yes, I'm an actor, but that's not my identity. That's my job and what I love to do. But beyond that, I'm a completely, I'm a complete person without being an actor as well. I think that's important. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So complete person, of course, and I want to talk about all sides, but to zoom in on the acting portion real quick, uh, how was that experience? Disney Channel show, you get booked. Um, what was the feeling like? Well, I want to talk a little bit yeah. about what I did on Live and Maddie because yes. it wasn't oh, yeah. a very a conventional term. role. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on Live and Maddie, it's a show about twins, but one girl, Dove Cameron, played both twins. So obviously, the she logistics of that. Yeah. Um, so I acted with her in scenes she was in with herself, along with another really wonderful young actress, uh, Emmy Mattingly. Um, so we were sort of this trio of girls playing twins. Oh um, it was really, really special. I worked on that show for four years, all four seasons, wow. 80 episodes, and that was a magical place. Uh, I not only met my best friends on that set, I met my now fiance there. Oh. Um, And I learned a lot. I took the opportunity, since I was there five days a week for four years, essentially, um, I shadowed camera operators. How do I operate a camera? Um, My friend Adon taught me. And Adon actually, I think, did camera operating on Big Brother for a while. Okay. Well, well, I wouldn't have seen him because all the camera operators are hidden. Yeah, you don't know who they are. I don't know if he's still working on the show. But he was very sweet to teach me how to operate one of the cameras. I learned from the, I got to sit in the writer's room, which was really special. Um, I shadowed the set coach, which was really, really cool and sort of adjacent to what I do now. I teach acting to kids and teens um, as like my, I don't want to call it a side hustle because I actually feel like it's a very important part of my life that I don't want to give up regardless of what happens with my acting career. It's just another thing that you do? Yeah, and I'm really <laughs> passionate about that as well. Oh gosh, that's wonderful. I mean, just getting to do the thing that you love or the things that you love and then also getting to share that experience um, to be kind of your own a fairy godmother 
to somebody else. It seems oh, like. I don't know if I am. I hope that I'm paying forward what I got from all of the wonderful teachers and mentors that I've had in my life, <sighs> and I still have them. Who are your mentors? No, so tell this me is about actually, some of yours. This is wild because when you said, uh, you know, fairy godmother, um, last name Crocker. Yeah. Yeah. So my uh, in high school, I pretty much I was quiet until high school, and then. Um, I switched high schools halfway through, and the high school I went to where I really like came out of my shell, I guess you could say. Uh, my teacher for, for student leadership, student government class was, was uh, named Mrs. Crocker. <laughs> and so she was like what? my like big uh, fairy godmother in so many ways. Like she, like, you know, I call her uh, Mama D, because uh, oh. her name is Deanna, <laughs> and uh, Deanna Crocker. And, uh, but I, I definitely grew up, like, there was, you know, no adults were, were named, had names except for Mr. or Mrs. Like. Right, and yeah. so, uh, but she really wanted us to go. I was like, I'll call you Mama D then, because, like, <laughs> that's something I can manage. Um, and, because, <laughs> uh, my, yeah, my, my real mom just wouldn't let me <laughs> say right. anything else. Um, so, but, yeah, so, and she was really somebody at this pivotal time that, you know, got me interested in, like, uh, kind of student leadership and student impact and connecting with people. She encouraged me uh, to get involved in student leadership with an approach that was um, what she's called like the there you are uh, mentality of like, you know, it's really easy. Like if you are, you know, I, was, I had a growth spurt, I was tall, I was playing sports, I was like in student government. And it's very easy to be like, especially coming off your shell, be like here I am, like this is, you know, this is the first time people are getting to, you're, you're coming in, coming of age or whatever. and and uh, it can be really exciting and empowering to, to be like, here I am, like, you know, look at me. And, and that's, but you can balance that with like, also like, there you are, like, cause there can be, uh, she told like, a, we talked about the story of a, of a student who had, who was kind of quiet and not really talking and then, uh, you know, had just all these rough experiences that led them to finally speak up in front of a class and just be like, hey, like, you know, it's great that you can do that, but like if you could, when somebody just says there you are, like the impact that could have and how that can connect you with others. And that was, uh, so I, I, my mom D is also Crocker. And I think that just That's really blew cool. my mind. I was like, all right, like that is where, you know, we just become best friends. I don't know. It's, I think it's, we it's, maybe just became best friends. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so same person. I think that We're the our same. Mrs. I'm Crockers live, also live. should probably meet each other. There we go. That might be really magical. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and and it's just the impact something can have yeah. for sure. Just have you ever you. thought of bringing her on the podcast? Oh, of course. Yeah, I was actually trying to get. Uh, I was trying to meet her for breakfast the other day, but it's just been my schedule has been all over the place since I'm the sure. show. So it's like, oh, but I definitely want to connect. That would be so. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great idea. Thank you. Aww. And so, um, no, I think after that, I went after high school. I went to. Uh, Pepperdine um, first generation like college students like that was really exciting for me and my family and just the path that I thought I wanted to go down was like business um, so I, I enrolled as like a business major and then I took a business calculus class and was like never mind the same thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, really quick and went to communications and, and I really liked uh, you know marketing and communications and then also started with an emphasis in like social action and justice and that's really played a big part of my life in terms of like working with other organizations and just finding out like how do we uh just remembering that all of us are already connected so it's just like how you know 
kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. How, why not make everyone feel welcome? Why not make everyone feel comfortable? Why not give uh, some sort of access, some sort of opportunity whenever you can? Um, because I feel similar. Like I've been able to achieve certain things in different fields, but it's like a grit that I just that I didn't that I just have. Yeah, that, I don't know where it's from. And I'm, it, it's like a DNA thing or something. I'm sure some combination of nature and nurture, but like the big turnaround for me in the last few years has been realizing how much of that, like the, the, the I remember I have a predisposition towards optimism. Me too. And, and I didn't know that was a thing. So I just was very much talking to friends that like are going through depression or anxiety or whatever. And just like, well, you can just look on the bright side, you know, just why not choose to be happier? And then as I started to learn like, oh, there's like a neurology aspect to this that uh, I wasn't as empathetic to um, when I was younger that I've been trying to pay attention to like, okay, cool. Like, let me not just tell you to look on the bright side. Let's feel this, you know, understand that, oh, this is just something you gotta feel. And I'm just lucky that I don't have to. So now, I feel inspired to like, how do I, you know, uh, have that, how do I spread like that positivity? But like, never forget that like, I'm, I'm fortunate to have that too. I'm fortunate to have that mindset. And that's something, I, it sounds like you said you're optimistic as well. Yeah, just definitely. And not to say I have never struggled with any sort of depression, anxiety. I've definitely felt all of those things through different periods of my life. And I think as an optimist during those periods of times, that's the conversation I'm having internally. Well, but wait, you're an optimist, so why are you feeling these things? Why can't you pull yourself out of it? But at the end of the day, that it's like you said, it's something chemical going on, and yeah, and you can't just positive think your way out of depression. No, it, yes. you have to take different actions and change things about your life, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like <laughs> I mean, I saw. I remember um, a depressed friend was just talking about like her parents just being like, "Well, what have you tried just you know." It's like stuff that you see in movies. She's like, you really experience it. Like, you know, if you try just not being depressed or, <laughs> or not being sad. Right, yeah. And which to a point was where I used to think, literally. And I was just like, wait, okay, so there's more to it than that. But it's like <laughs> if you had like a torn ACL and someone was yes. like, well, Kylan, just just like positive, think positively. It will heal itself. Just keep walking and pretend like it's not hurt. Yeah. Like you can't do that, right? No. <laughs> I think the way that we're starting to have conversations about mental illness, mental health are really, really changing and shifting. And I think in a really positive and good way. Oh, yeah. I don't have any of the answers to those things. And those are things I still navigate and watch people I love navigate. And I don't know how to talk to them about it often as well. Well, I think, like you said, it is uh, spreading for a more positive environment creation which can be important and just remembering what not to say and I, I know that so yeah. you and Craig uh, uh, were had already known each other and you said that that was maybe its own sort of trauma bonding experience learning a space that uh, wasn't as fun well Craig and I worked together at an acting studio during a point when the pandemic hit and we had only in-person classes yep. and Craig and I were talking basically daily about how we shift all of our classes online to Zoom, which I have to say, we did really, really quickly because of Craig. He's amazing. Um, He's and that was, it was, we went through the beginning of the pandemic and lockdown yeah. talking to each other daily. Um, what did you notice uh, as a teacher and actor and 
bringing those together in this business, like connecting with people online versus in person. What was the uh, you know the difficulties that you noticed in this field, and then also like any place you're surprisingly able to have a really strong connection, like any. I'm shocked both. at the I have I have students I have only met on Zoom that I feel as strong of a connection with as my students that I know in person. What do you think drives that? Definitely our shared passion. And definitely when COVID first hit and we went on Zoom, what I saw for young people happening is, I always do check-ins with my kids. I do Rose and Thorn, best part of your week, worst part of your week. Because oh, I don't want to just talk about the good stuff. I if you're that. going through something hard, I we should all know about this if it's something you're comfortable sharing. And some weeks we have a bunch of roses and some weeks we only have thorns so i just tell them come as you are but tell us what's going on um so that's then teaching the kids to be compassionate about everyone else's experience and not think about oh this kid was mean to me i feel bad okay this kid was mean to me but i know this is what's going on in his life yeah right so i felt during the pandemic especially at the beginning those check-ins were crucial, crucially important. It was maybe the only time that those kids were getting to vocalize how they were feeling. Because it's sometimes not easy to tell your parents how you're feeling about what's going on. I mean, Um, yeah, connecting with your teacher can be a whole different thing. It it is a whole different relationship. Um, So that's really special and they share their vulnerability and we have a shared passion, which is acting and my goal was always, can I make these kids feel seen? And can I help them to experience joy during a really, really scary part of our world? Any sort of uh, noteworthy connections you're able to make like in a virtual environment that uh, were just special to you that you can share right now? Do you mean class specifically? No, it doesn't have to be. I think with just virtual. virtually, yeah. well, I already had known Craig and okay. my coworkers before, but um, a few of them I had really just met a few months before. And I think that getting to know them on Zoom and, and FaceTime and on the phone was really important. And I, I actually also found that I was able to process my feelings about what was going on in a yeah. different way with them than I was with my best friends or my family or my partner even. Um, so I would say, yeah, it was, we all brought our vulnerability and just our really brutal honesty. And that was cool. There was no walls up is what I felt. No, that definitely makes sense. I mean, just having like vulnerability probably is one of the access points to connection and so many different things. and. Uh, that's actually where I picked the name was just because uh, at first I was saying like connecting and then I looked up the definition and connections encompasses connecting but then it encompasses so much more and reading behind uh, the deep in the definition the meaning and the different uh, ways that people are making connections there was a note I remember I'll have to find the text but it was about how uh, typically their connections are access points and access points are open and so like open or exposed is another <laughs> way to look at that. And yeah. so that vulnerability is the only way that things can connect, even whether it's something digital connecting a cord or whether it's people or anything else. So I think that's 
that definitely makes sense and that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I was skeptical about how Zoom classes would go for sure, but we're still doing them. They're still going great. So, okay, so you're working uh, in the, uh, on the Disney Channel show and uh, what, what was the term you said that there's a, a term for when you're oh, body? Uh, I was a body double. Yes. Yeah, an acting body double. And it was uh, back. Oh, backtress. no, we're just, we um, jokingly coined yes. ourselves backtresses. Well, I love it. Or backers. Um, because yes because we I'd act in scenes with her my face gets cut out and you just see me in over the shoulder shots uh. this nice nice cheek over here um, but then you did have a role as well I did yes I played Heather in an episode called Linda and Heather Aruni okay. um, who Linda and Heather were sort of divas with a kid show and um, we had sort of like a seat do you know Xenon Girl yeah, of the 21st of course, century. Of yeah, we were very Xenon girl of 21st century. Got it. Um, and our little space outfits. And we sang a song that has now actually gone viral ask, yes. on TikTok. Pe much uh, more people know. Yeah, Linda and Heather. And quote you than even realize. I was one of them. I, mean, I haven't done a video, but like I'm familiar yeah, with it. Yeah, anonymously viral. Oh, I'm anonymously viral. That's a phrase that I I'm cool with about. it. I'm good yeah. with that. Oh gosh! Wait. Okay. And this is the the song. I mean, it's the we, song that we sang up, in the episode. Like, in the um, yeah, it goes pink, pink, pink. Girls, girls, girls. Glitter, glitter, glitter. Twirls, twirls, twirls. Um, you no, know, no, you heard that. I knew it as soon as I saw. It, I was like, all right. Oh. Yeah. As soon as I heard it, I was like, yes. Yeah. So that's me and um and Emmy Mattingly. So both of us, the both of the acting body doubles, we got an episode where we got to be. Oh my gosh. Guest stars fully on screen. It was really really fun. Oh I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I was really grateful. The um the showrunners and the writing team and the producers really um, surprised us with that. It was it was a really cool thing for them to gift to us. I'm sure. And then, I mean, well, speaking of social media, I know that uh, another thing we, we talked for a quick second about, but then Craig may save it for, for, for discussion <laughs> here, was on social media because like I had a very unique social media experience where I wasn't really like a content creator. I mean, I would you know, post, but like I didn't think of myself as like a content creator. And I go into the house, they take my phone before we even go in the house and I come out and then I get my phone and then there's like, you know, a blue check mark and X tens of thousands of right. followers and everything. So it is it wasn't overnight because it was three months apart, but it felt overnight for me because I didn't have a phone for that whole time and I got it and I didn't know anything about the outside world. So it's navigating that, but then your own uh, experience was different than you were building over time as you were progressing. Like what, because uh, you know, social media could be like considered the ultimate connector. And like, yeah. what, what was that like? Um, I was very conscientious of building my social media following and stuff like that while I was on Live and Maddie. Um, and I think very successful at that. Yeah. More recently, I have felt, and I don't want to speak in extremes and say I'll never go back to posting on social media, but like I do not post on social media very often. Oh, wait. Okay, wait. So this is the end of the story, maybe. Oh, I the beginning. Hear, yeah, oh, yeah I was, was really conscientious yeah, of what it. Were you doing? Um, trying to post every day. I mean, I was like What were you sharing? Like what time? In it. Oh, behind the scenes stuff, okay. pictures of me with different people from the cast, me just like having fun, outfit of the day. I had a lot of fun with it creatively. So it was everywhere. It was it, like lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I, it was just here's lifestyle. my life. Okay. Um and it was fun at that point in time. That's a big thing for me. Like yeah. it has to be fun. Once I feel like I'm over it, I can't fake it and I feel bad faking it. Um which is kind of the point I'm at now. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. That makes sense. I, I worked really, really hard, and then I don't really even know what happened. It just seemed suddenly less important after COVID happened. Do you think it's something that you burned out of or something that you grew out of, like something that you, like that phase of your life is done or it's done until it's fun? Again. I think I was burned out of the fun and I think additionally I started looking at myself from a view of what am I ga- gaining from this and what do I want to gain from this? And at the end of the day, I think my intentions were validation. Okay. And that's something that I actively try not to seek nowadays um and i i'm engaged and my friends have started having kids and i feel as though a lot of things i used to share i want to keep private that's more than fair and definitely something that you should be able to do (laughs) um privacy in this day and age especially social media can be challenging in so many ways yeah um but as far as the you're moving away from social media, but we did have a brief discussion. Another one that we started and had to stop. So I'm excited now to hear more of your thoughts on the uh, benefits to social media and creators and people being able to like have direct access instead of studio gatekeepers. Like, Yeah, what I do think is great is yeah. like, when I first started, so many people would tell me, you know, if you wanna make it, make your own stuff. You gotta be making your own stuff, right? And I think a lot of people got that advice and took action with that too. As we see now, I mean, YouTubers, TikTokers, Instagrammers, like they're all holding that power. They're all holding the power that they've created for themselves, which is so, so cool and special. And what we've done is, I say we, I don't think I belong in that group of people. I think what What they've done is they've taken the studio used to say, here's who we want you to see and how we, we want you to see them in these movies, right? And now people have more of an individual choice of who you specifically want to see. Oh, I don't want to see that person. I'm going to unfollow them or not subscribe. Oh, I like this person. I'll subscribe to that. I think there are downfalls, like we enter into an echo chamber in some some instances, roses right? Orange, you could say. Yes, exactly. Maybe you <laughs> have only chosen your roses, right? And you're only subscribing to roses. And you're not getting any of those thorns, but maybe that's all you want to see. And I think it's super powerful that people get to dictate what they want to consume. Definitely. And even you can look at the whole, the roses and thorns of the concept of like social media and just like it does have both. And it's very much about, uh, you know, it's a tool is, is, is neither good nor bad. It just depends on how you're using it necessarily. And so that's really, I think, interesting that. Uh, I remember way back when, you know, maybe a decade or less than a decade ago even, which is crazy, uh, looking, hearing and being around the marketing world, being around social media marketing, people would talk about how like, yeah, anyone who's a creator, like their goal is to end up like acting in some sort of, act, in, in an acting role. And now what I think is fascinating is that like, that's probably not true anymore because there are some creators, I know some of them who like, that's not their goal. They just want to keep creating exactly what they're creating how they're doing it they love to make sketches that they are controlling and like that's their thing how that's their audience. incredible is it that we have lived to see an entirely new industry of career come yes. into existence i can't imagine i mean i i've seen the list of like you know oh there's x number of hundred like millionaires off social media and then there's like tens and tens of thousands if not now hundreds of thousands of people 
that their full-time job is talking about the thing or making the thing that they like and it just gets them by it's not like they're making millions of dollars they're making the same money that they might make as some other random job that they wouldn't have enjoyed as much and so now you possibly going back to roses and thorns you have some people like maybe that that do get caught up in the trap of like hey like i just want to make content that is for my ego or for whatever and then you have people that are just like, no, like I'm making content just because this is the thing that I like. And I think that is kind of special. That is like really that. special. And I remember my dad growing up always taught me and my brothers, if you can make money and support yourself doing things that you love and that make you happy, you're five steps ahead of the rest of us. Oh, right? My dad support. didn't get to necessarily although he had a very successful career, do what he wanted to do. He later expressed to me he really wanted to be a geologist, which actually made me like, it was this really cool glimpse into my dad and like, he loves rocks, Um, you know? And so I sort of, I live by that. And and that's why I say I'm I'm a teacher and that's generally what pays my bills, but that's also a really important part of who I am and a passion that I also have. I don't view that as, separate or a side hustle or anything like that i think that that's an important part of my existence no that totally makes sense and i love that that's something that you got to pull from your father like and you you said your brother as well i have two so brothers two yeah. brothers okay older you, younger uh younger brothers do you younger have brothers. I have four sisters I have one oh older, nice younger. yeah so the, the yeah the inverse yeah <laughs> yeah that but no the that lesson though that you're talking about is something i remember honestly i probably learned it the most from uh you know another mentor that i actually met in college um who is also from entertainment industry randomly even though i wasn't at all his name's tom shadiak he's a filmmaker and writer so he like writer director for a lot of movies like uh a lot of jim carrey stuff like ace ventura and liar liar bruce almighty and the night professor with eddie murphy and like patch adams just all these heartfelt Oh, a very wow, those are heartful. really good movies. Yeah, incredible guy. And he really uh, ascended the, the Hollywood like mountain in so many ways. And then he talks about having this moment where he, because uh, I already met him, you know, I met him in 2009. He already made those films. And Bruce Almighty was like the biggest comedy in history at the time. And like he said that he remembers going the amounts of money that they paid. He wrote a book called Life's Operating Manual. He talks about getting paid these ridiculous sums of money and then he went into he bought like this Hollywood mansion in, in the hills or whatever and he was sitting in, like the foyer of it and uh, he's like I have a foyer like what what is that <laughs> even you know he, he's just like and he's like oh where's the feeling that you're like complete and that you're happy and done it wasn't there and he's like okay this isn't it and then he just started giving away his money like not like he didn't become a monk like he gave away like you know 90 95 percent of like his worth and just was like i don't need that like i need this is the thing this is my mission but he's also very like the reason why i respect him so much why i appreciate him so much is i mean countless reasons but one day i know this is non-judgment and he's very much like you know he's friends with oprah or a lot of actors jim carrey and all these people and he's like no like I don't think that they're wrong for doing if they don't live my lifestyle because like they're doing their highest purpose, whatever it is they're supposed to do. This is just what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, you know, I tried, considered going to like monk style lifestyle. I realized that wasn't for me. And like he found the spot where he's supposed to be. And he's like, as long as people are finding the spot where they feel like they're supposed to be and they're happy, like that's their path. And so 
that like hearing from someone who you know reached that level and like just has that level of importance like hey find out we're actually happy and satisfied and that being the highest level instead of just like you know a, a specific number specific lifestyle or whatever and just like oh it's it's how you're living you know <laughs> it's yeah. not what you're achieving so i i i'm thankful to learn that lesson also um and definitely wish you know wish i learned it sooner because i definitely went through some uh, times in school where like i was not on that path and like thought it was just you know that the other goal orientation that wasn't necessarily happiness or or contribution and, and learning that was really special so i'm glad that you had that yeah and then your other important uh connection so you said that you're engaged i am yes, yes tell us tell us about um fiance. my fiance's name is fiance. lucas um we've been together six years we got engaged love love. this I'm summer i know i love love too he's wonderful he's from texas um we met on Live and Maddie. He was okay. Maddie's love interest okay. on the show. And yeah, we, we became really fast friends. Um, so is there moments you're like sitting there, like you, you, it's just the back of your head and you're just staring at him, just like. <laughs> I don't know about that. staring at you and he's just like, oh. I, the love was real because he's looking at you. He definitely liked me first, but I did not pick up on it at all. Um, and like my friends were like, you know, oh, what do you think of Lucas? And I was like, oh, he's a great actor. And they're like, Okay, you're not getting what we're asking here. <laughs> um, like, were they feeling out on behalf of him? Yeah. Okay, okay, oh, yeah, yeah they yeah. were for sure, like, gauging the temperature. Coming back, like, um, No, he's so wonderful. He actually works on a soap opera, Days of Our Lives. Awesome. I know. It's so Familiar. cool. So he's been on that for a few years. He's the bastard son of a one-eyed man. Oh. Okay. Yes, classic soap opera. Okay, yeah, description. wow. Uh, he's a doctor now. Has he shot anyone yet? Oh, okay. I don't know. He fought a zombie recently. Whoa. I know. Whoa. Wait. Uh, yeah. They had a zombie on Days of Our Lives? Yeah. Okay. Got, I think it was I'm like behind. during Halloween episodes. I'm behind. Didn't know that was. I don't know if you ever are not behind. Did they have like yeah, a new yeah, episode every day? Um, no, he loves doing that. He That's works so cool. really, really hard and he has wonderful co workers. So we have a sweet dog together, Lando. Lando. Um, yeah. After Lando Calrissian? It def definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we're, we're friends. Yeah. And um, he just turned six. Yeah, I, I love our partnership. I think, you know, so many times my single friends are like, when they're looking for, are you single? Are, do, are you in a partnership? No, I'm, I'm single. Yes. I was, so do you I was ever have that question of like, when you're looking like, that you feel like you have to come as your best self? I know a lot of my single friends are like, I'm waiting till I'm my best self. You know, honestly, that is something that is, has been a uh, recurring feeling at multiple points in my life for sure. That I try and, I'm conscious of it though, as in like conscious that it doesn't have to be that necessarily, um, or that may not even exist. It's just the, or conscious of the fact that the pursuit is the best self. It's like, hey, I'm trying to, I'm in the process. Yeah. So. Best self is different from perfect self. Perfect yeah. self is unattainable and unrealistic. Best self is just trying your best, right? That's what I think. So what I always say to them is, like, Lucas and I did not come into our partnership as our best selves. But what we recognize in each other is the best version of each other. And so if we act in a way or speak in a way that's out of accordance with what we see our the potential is for that person we call each other back in right and hey 
you're doing this, but I think, you know, you tell me that this is the way you want to be. So how can we move back to that area, right? And that's been super important. He has so many times called me back into my best self. Oh, gosh. So, okay, so like I said, I think that everyone is connected in some way. And this is obviously incredibly, if not the most important connection, like where or what moment can you think of that you're like, oh, this connection is special? The moment that, that like, it's one, I'm guessing one of the moments that allowed you to say yes. And you know, this rank. <laughs> uh, we'll get really vulnerable. I yeah. struggled with disordered eating. Okay. Um, I said that past tense. It's still a struggle. I'm not okay. sure if that's something you ever fully recover from. I think okay. those thoughts will always be present. They just get quieter. Well, but when I first opened up to him about strong. that, yeah, when I first opened up to him about that, you know, so many other people had told me, no, you're this, you're that, this is the way I see you, why can't you see yourself this way? And he didn't do that. He okay. just actually like asked me why I felt those things and thought those things and yeah. gave me the space to think about it and process it and talk to him about it. And he just asked me questions that led me on a path of treating myself with more gentleness and love and kindness, right? And yeah. that was like the first wow moment where I was like, oh wait, he's not gonna try to get me to eat something that I he's don't wanna eat. You. He's not gonna try to tell me I'm beautiful when I can't see it. He's just gonna ask me, why do I think I'm feeling that way right now? Oh, wow. Just acknowledging and, I don't know, there, there was, this, it's like, there's no need to fix it because there's nothing wrong with me. And when you feel like something is disordered, I'm sure that that, uh, or something is out of order, it's like, that feeling could be that like, oh, it's it's me, I'm, I'm the problem in, in some way that made you not feel that. This is, I'm, just the way you described that was, was uh, I'm, I'm an emotional like sap sometimes, like in love and lo <laughs> romantic, mo all, all movies, I'm gonna cry. Um, so that is really special and really beautiful. Yeah. Oh gosh, He's okay. really wonder. I got really, really lucky. He's wonderful. Oh, wait, I mean, tell me, tell me something else about the, this connection, because I, uh, I love it. Oh my truly. gosh, okay, he's the best. So I want to tell the story of how oh, he please. proposed to oh, me. Oh, please, oh. Because yes. it just shows how like considerate and thoughtful he is as a person. I grew up going to um, this place in Northern California called Flat Rocks. It's a part of the river um, where like glaciers rolled through, you know, millions of years ago. So it's like flattened granite and the river runs over it. It's really, really pretty. And I grew up, my dad grew up going there since he was born and I grew up going there since I was born. And I brought Lucas there, I think the first summer after we started dating. And it was just such a magical, special and happy time, him meeting my whole family and getting to experience beautiful nature together. Yeah. So this summer, uh, we hadn't been for a while because of the pandemic, obviously. Um, he took me, he was like, had this whole plan in mind to take me up. We're gonna go for a hike, see Flat Rocks. Um, at sunset and it was just us and Lando our dog and this piqued any suspicion going with these well plans? we had gone to see our friends earlier in the day and we were swimming in the river with them and their kids and stuff and we were having a great time and they're like you can stay for dinner blah 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 and I was like that sounds great we'll just cancel the hike yeah. 
And I was like, just like floating like, in the river. And he's like, okay, we have to go to make it on time for sunset. And I was like, you're being lame. We should stay. This is so fun. Be spontaneous. And like my friend Kate was like, yeah, what are you doing, Lucas? Like we're having a great time. He didn't tell Kate. And then he was like so stubborn and he's never that stubborn and serious about things. And I was like, okay, I guess we'll go. And I like go to change after the river. And when I come out of changing, Kate's like, get in the car. You got to go. Bye, bye, bye. And I was like, that was a 180. Um, and we're in the car, and he's like speeding to get there. Oh my! And Literally that was when I think chasing the sun. It like, kind of. Racing. I was like, oh, I really, I think he might propose. Oh, I really hope he proposes. Oh, he doesn't propose. I'm gonna be so sad. So I like, started doing my makeup just in case. And he's like, why are you doing your makeup? And I was like, I'm just knew I wanted to do it. <laughs> and then like on the hike portion before we got to the river, because it's like maybe a 10 minute hike in, he was so stiff and weird. And I was like, what is going on? Um, then it all made sense. I think he was nervous. Wait, and then so. So we had our, you know, Lando's water bowl was out and it was empty. And he was like, oh, Lando's water bowl is empty. I was like, ah, I'll go refill it. And I went and refilled it. I was just sort of took a moment to take in the sunset and the trees and the river. And and I turned around and he was down on one knee. Gosh. And I I just joined him down on our, on my knees because I could actually not stand. I was I was shaking. I'm shaking right now, actually remembering it. Wait, when I just, was this? How long? This is July sixth. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like in. We were both in full tears. Oh, I yes. mean. I'm just so happy and so ready to make that commitment to him. I had been ready for a while to make that commitment to him, but um, I just felt so honored that he chose a place that was so, so incredibly yeah. special uh, to me and my family to have such a beautiful moment. Oh, my. Okay. Yes. This. Oh, also, this ring, his grandfather had it made for us, Papa, and the... The diamond is from one of Lucas's grandmother's brooches, and she passed, but um, oh Papa has stayed extremely faithful to her in the time that she's been gone, and he still loves her so much. They, I mean, a love story for the ages, for sure. Yeah. So this is a very special... I have never cared about material things like I care about this. <laughs> okay, I... Okay. So I... I'm, I don't want to keep you too long, but you said love story for the ages, and you just gave me this love story that had me in tears. So, like, I got to hear a little, can we get a glimpse of this love story for the ages? Yeah. Um, so, Papa and Katie Gran, Carl and Kay, um, and they met in Texas. I mean, they were together a really long time. Um, I don't know all of the years and details of that. Okay. But, um, she passed away about 15 years ago, and he still loves her like she's still here. Oh. It's really, really beautiful. That's sweet. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, it sounds like, uh, I always ask this, but I'm going to try and see if, other than uh, Lucas, the mo what would you say is the most significant connection in your life, whether that's, you know, a connection to a person, connection to a... A, a passion connection to a place like what would you say is it last question here my answer might be 
nebulous. I think maintaining for me. I thought that was your answer. Okay. Oh. Sorry. I thought I was like, now I, I, it took me a second. Nebulous. I was there. <laughs> no. Wow. My answer Tell me is more. for me, connection to our curiosity. Okay. Because I think, you know, joy, emotion, those things are fleeting. Passion can often be fleeting. And when we have self doubt, it's hard to find our connection to our passion. But I think finding that connection to our creativity and it, or to our curiosity. curiosity can lead to creativity when okay. in moments we feel maybe stifled creativity, um, et cetera. It's like uh, when you get self-tape after self-tape and you're maybe not hearing. For me, it's reconnecting to that idea of like, why is, why is this project being made? Why is this important? Why is this character's story important to tell? Okay. Um, why does the why does the author of this want this to be told and what does this mean to them so i always think of that and and for me it's curiosity curiosity about a character and how they how they act how they think how they walk through the world and i find myself similarly walking through life looking at people through that lens and being curious about why you operate in the ways that you do if i interact with you and what is it that makes Kylan tick, right? I'm always curious about different things, how things work, but especially how people work. Well, I, I love that. And I think that that's a great placeholder because we'll definitely have to have future conversations um, and connect even more, both here on camera and offline because yeah. you're awesome and we're best friends. So better than you and Craig. So um, <laughs> I am so thankful for you coming out and taking this time to chat with me. like. And I would love to know, is there anywhere that people can't, I know you're kind of weaning off social media, but is there any projects or places that people should be looking to find you? I know you have the film uh, out on, uh, out think, streaming on the yeah, platforms. Yeah, I think Playing With Fire's out on Hulu. Don't blink, I'm in one scene. But I really loved working on that project. I got yeah. to work with Andy Fickman, who I worked with on Living Maddie again. So oh, that was beautiful. super special. Um, yeah, on Spotify, if you look up um, Ranked, yes. the musical concept album, You'll hear me, um, I'm featured as the character Alexis on the ranked um, musical album with original cast recording. And um, on social media, you can find me at Shelby Wolfert pretty much everywhere. No guarantee that I'll be posting anything anytime soon. Um, but eventually you'll probably see something from me out there. Well, perfect. Well, thanks again, Shelby, for taking the time for us to connect. This was yeah. awesome. This Thank is a fun so kind of different way uh, to do the podcast the game to connect live very Amazing. cool really thank cool you. way to get to know you kyland you as well shelby thank you thank you well thank you everyone for taking the time to join us at connections with kyland and really looking forward to the next time we have an opportunity to connect